in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, I think it's a great thing. I really do. (sighs) Wow. America, this is great. I'm sorry, but a country that will allow the killing of unborn children is not much of a country. I don't think it should be sanctioned at the federal level. Um, If you're in a situation and you find yourself pregnant and it's unwanted pregnancy, there will be ways it might be more a little bit less convenient. New York is going to enshrine it, and that's, uh, but it's not going to be enshrined at the federal level. God bless the Supreme Court. God bless the people who helped make this happen. Yes, I am pro-life. Uh, I know reasonable people disagree, although, quite frankly, I think the other position is not reasonable, although reasonable people, I've heard them argue it. Uh, for a long time, I called myself pro-choice. I do not any longer. And I think this is a major, major um, day in American history, and I'm very, very proud of Donald Trump, quite frankly. He was probably more than anybody one of the guys who helped make this happen. There's a lot of thanks to go around, though, uh, you know, to the justices on the— Hey, do me a favor. Was this a 5-4 to four decision or a 6-3 to three decision? I've seen two different headlines, 5-4 or 6-3. Six, 6-3. Three. Six, three. All right, so Roberts, you know, we're kind of, you know, sometimes we don't know about Roberts. So let's go through it. Who deserves our thanks right now? I'm going to start with the Supreme Court. Justice Thomas, thank you, sir. Thank you. Next, we have Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Justice Alito, thank you, sir. Thank you. Justice Gorsuch, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Justice Kavanaugh. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And I believe that's the six. That is the six. Now, how about the presidents who nominated them? Thanks goes, yes, it does, to George H.W. Bush, the first President Bush. He nominated Justice Thomas. Thank you, Mr. President the late George H.W. Bush. And even though I have a lot of beef with him about a lot of things, George W. Bush today gets credit for appointing Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts. And again, we have lots of problems with him. But on this one, it looks like he did the right thing, right? Six to three, six to three. And also Samuel Alito, who I believe actually wrote the decision. No more abortion at the federal level. It goes to the states. And by the way, yeah, if you are freaked out and incensed, read the opinion. It's 200 pages long. Go ahead and read it. You'll be smarter than anyone on the fake news. And you'll see. But this is a beautiful decision. It's beautiful. And they say this is this matter should be with the people, not the courts. The people, their elected representatives, they take it up. The states. So uh, George W. Bush gets credit And major credit, major, major credit to Donald Trump, President Donald J. Trump, 44th president of the United States. Wow. The most pro-life president in the history of America. And we could you saw it coming. You saw it coming a long time ago back in the campaign. At one point, 
Yes, he said he. Now you could say, well, he just did that. No, I don't know about that. Who the hell knows about what's inside somebody's really the motivations? But he, he committed. He said he would appoint pro-life justices, and he did. He did in the biggest way. He said it before being elected. That's incredibly unusual. I don't think anyone's ever done it. He actually put out a specific list. These are the justices I want. These are the type judges I want. What else did he do where you can see, you know what, this is not some ordinary politician. This isn't some Republican who plays footsie with the pro-life crowd and then blows them off and has martinis at the country club. So we, uh, he started going to the pro-life rallies. That got my attention. He went in person. You know, even Reagan, he would call on the phone. He would call on the phone, and they'd pipe it in on a speaker. The rally is two blocks from the White House, and he was calling in on the phone. George W. Bush did the same thing. I was like, I don't get that. I, especially Reagan. I love Reagan, but I'm like, wait a second. He's supposed to be pro-life. Why is he? Why would he keep these people at arm's distance? Because uh, elections, politics, all that stuff, you know? It took somebody like Trump to actually show up, and then he started doing it. He started doing it. And, hey, somebody else who deserves a hell of a lot of credit, and I don't like him usually, but um, Mitch McConnell, and let me tell you why. Number one, he prevented Merrick Garland, the ultimate swamp snake, from getting to the Supreme Court. Remember when Obama appointed him? When was that, 2012 or so? Wait, was it later than that? Twenty. Anyway, Merrick Garland, he submarined Merrick Garland's nomination. And then he fast-tracked Amy Coney Barrett's nomination. Remember when, uh, what was it, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died? Hey, that's an amazing moment, by the way, when, when Donald Trump learns of her death. Do me a favor, find that if you don't mind. It's, it's amazing when he finds out and he, for the very first time and you see it on camera. We'll get that in a moment. So, yeah, Mitch, uh, Mitch McConnell uh, got her through. That's uh, that's fantastic. Now, who 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 are our enemies right now? Well, right now, at this moment, all the radical pro-abortionists out there, they are threatening to burn down cities tonight. This uh, Jane's what's it called? Jane's Revenge. We did a little bit on them last night. They are maniacs. I went to their website. I mean, they are saying out loud they want to burn and destroy and shut down anyone who disagrees with them. It's already happening. Dozens and dozens and dozens of pro-life facilities uh, from churches, schools, clinics, uh, support centers for uh, prospective mothers. Burned, torched, vandalized, grotesque graffiti all over the place. And not a mention of it on the news, by the way. The fake news does not care because the fake news actually is rooting for those people. Big time. Big time. Uh, Mayorkas, DHS Mayorkas, you know, he should have been prepping for this for a long time. We've had about, what, two months heads up? Because this opinion leaked a while ago. We've had two months warning, and he's just getting around now to uh, bolstering security for Christian facilities across the country. Just about now. I think he should have been at that a long time ago. Huh? What do you think? Don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly a million fetuses were aborted. Last year, one million. That's crazy. That's crazy. I also have this theory, by the way. When did uh, Roe v. Wade pass? 50 years ago, right? 1972. When you think about it, when you look back, when you look at the arc of our country's history, we were doing pretty good. We are ups and downs, ups and downs, but the trajectory overall was up until mm, right around the early 1970s. And then we started to decay rapidly. 
the family really fell apart. Um, marriage rates plummeted. Drug use skyrocketed. Uh, the availability of pornography. You know, I talked about this. You know, back in the glory days, 1972, if you wanted to see a porno movie, you had to go to 42nd Street, uh, put on a strange looking hat, I guess, and go see your porno. And there were only a small segment of society that was prepared to do that. Now, if you're in junior high school, chances are you know a lot about porno. Okay? And maybe even, from what I hear, you might even be in the porno production business. Because courting these days, no matter how old you are, by the way, uh, seems to entail taking pictures right away. Pictures, you know, sharing pictures. You used to pass notes. Used to be uh, Valentine's Day cards. uh, Used to be you have to call somebody on the phone, establish a rapport, Maybe walk up to somebody, say, hi, how are you? Wow, what do you think of this place? Huh? Yeah, interesting. So what's your name? No, you're just lobbing messages at each other on a silly phone. And before you know it, presto, let me see. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Trading those pictures. All This is, we have decayed. We have declined. And I think I'm hoping until this moment, right? A general decline. In culture and even technology, I keep hearing, "Oh my gosh, the technology of today!" The technology of the today stinks. It really does. It's not all that. What can I do? I, now I can book a, a flight on my phone. Well, so what? I used to have to call somebody, and they would use the computer to book my flight. Now I can book my flight. Now I can do all these things on the phone that I used to have to call somebody to do on the phone. So what? That makes life not more interesting. You know, look at our planes. This is a great... The planes of today are really... They're not faster. They can't go any higher. They can't uh, take you places. They're like the planes of 50 years ago. It's the same experience getting on a plane in 1972 as it is in 2022. It was actually back then a little bit more glamorous. You had to get dressed up. They had the coach lounge. Now it's the same damn plane, except less elegant, less interesting, less romantic. You're all jammed in there, and we're not going. We're where were the super ramjets? Why aren't we getting to Europe in 15 minutes? That stuff hasn't happened yet. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. We haven't been to the moon since 1972. And what happened in 1972? We we decided to, that it's okay to kill babies. Yes, that's how I put it. I know some people wince at that and that kind of thing, and I. Look, I have friends who disagree with me. I, I hear it all the time. I had, uh, had a discussion with somebody now. Well, back alley abortions will become the, you know, that'll be very common. And this will, no, it's not. No, it's not. And you know what? There's going to be so much money flowing from corporations. The woke corporations are already making all kinds of, oh, we, we stand with women and we will not let this happen. And they're going to fly you first class to an abortion clinic, wherever the hell it is you want to go. They'll send you there. Now, what states are really going to move against? Hey, somebody else who deserves a great big thanks, Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi. Governor Tate Reeves. This The case is the Mississippi case, right? What is it? Dobbs versus Hobson, Hobson versus Dobbs, Dobbs versus Mississippi, something like that. Uh, And it was initially about could there be abortions past 15 weeks? But now, and it gets very technical. I got the opinion here. I am going to read it. I read it when it was when it leaked. I understood mm, 65% of it, maybe. And then, you know, they, they, get into, they get into minutia and some pretty esoteric stuff. 
But uh, still, you can get the gist of it. It is a wonderful document. I am going to read oh, 200 pages. I don't know if I'm going to read all of it. Let's see here. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be deeply rooted in the nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. Aha, I remember this. So... The 14th Amendment, yes, there are plenty of things that are not mentioned in the Constitution that we have rights to. But so abortion, though, is it deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition? That's the thing. It's not. No way. You can look it up. It's always been, to some degree, illegal in America and throughout the world. In fact, America is one of the few countries in the world. I mean, America, North Korea, you know, some real weirdo countries other than ours. Yeah, here it is. Wait, is it North Korea, Vietnam? There are six other countries where you can get abortion on demand basically until the last minute. Canada, China, the Netherlands, North Korea, Singapore, and Vietnam. After that, <laughs> well, we're on our own. I mean, that's a very select and kind of strange list, isn't it? I think it's a good thing. Uh, let me know. Uh, what's our number here? 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Congratulations, Mr. President. Mr. President Trump, that is. Be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, <laughs> they're still pushing white supremacy as a bunch of well, most of these pro-abortion nutjobs happen to be white women and their liberal white friends. But that's not what they're talking about with uh, white supremacy. I'm talking about their liberal white guy friends. There's Jane's Addiction, Jane's Rebellion. What's it called again? Jane's uh, Curiosity. Uh, the, the radical group, Jane's something or other. They're friends with Antifa. They love to rage around and break... Um, Try to break Catholic churches, you know, write horrible things on the front door. Um, but it's not white supremacy. But then again, they keep on telling us that white supremacy is the greatest national threat of all time. Cut 49, please. Cut 49. According to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. I obviously am very concerned about the rise of extremism and extremism related to white supremacy. The FBI has warned repeatedly that domestic terrorism fueled by white supremacy is the number one threat to the United States right now. They are all lying. They are all lying. It's an, It's incredible. From Joe Biden on down to uh, the freelance reporter at MSNBC News. Now, now, they're desperate to find some white supremacy. I mean, absolutely desperate. Hey, I'm looking live right now at the Supreme Court. A couple of thousand people in front of it with signs, but it looks pretty calm. Just a bunch of people standing around. But it's only 1.24 in the afternoon, and they have promised to make this the night of rage. They are so angry. Imagine being so bent out of shape. And I'm sorry, but most of the people I see who are throwing these massive hissy fits about it 
they just don't seem like they are um I just don't see them having um I don't see them getting pregnant quite frankly for a lot of different reasons all right whether they're men whether they're transgender whether they are well they just seem to be not into uh, heterosexual activity whatever no judgment I'm just saying uh by the looks of it this is not this is like a passion project a pet passion project doesn't really affect them but let's face it it's fun it's fun it's so much more fun, and it's so much easier calling for change in the world than trying to change yourself. Now, everybody's got to change. Everybody, everybody can improve, but that's hard. Gosh, it's so easy to point my finger and say, you, you're the problem. And you know what? I do it plenty. I do, but I do it with love. I like to think that. I like. I love everybody. I don't like everybody, but I love everybody. I even love these people, these, maybe I shouldn't call them nitwits all the time, but I do. I love them. I love them. They were created. God loves them as much as God loves me. They have their purpose. They're here for a reason. Uh, I think they are misguided, and I think they are far from God right now, but God is not far from them. He knows all about it. He's all, He's got it all worked out. Hey, AOC was there shooting her mouth off. She's very upset, got a bullhorn. Do you remember when Liz Warren went down there? I mean, it looked like she was trying to incite violence. Have we seen anything like that so far? Um, Stay tuned. The afternoon, we're just getting started here. Adam is in Florida. Hey, welcome back. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, Well, I had two things, but I just want to add the only threat to our democracy is Joe Biden. And number two, will all out crazy be brought up on charges for inciting riots? And number three, doesn't Whoopi Goldberg know that New York is leading the nation in shootings? So what is she complaining about if people get guns to protect themselves from these criminals that keep being let free by Alvin Brett? How do you know she's complaining about that? Do you actually watch The View? No, I heard a clip on uh, Sid and uh, Bernie this morning. I decided I'm no longer going to get mad at the stupid things they say on The View. I mean, that's what they do. They do it for a living. They say stupid things. It doesn't influence anything. You know, I I like Whoopi Goldberg when she's not on television. One of the reasons why I like her is because she's a genuine fan of The Godfather. Happens to be one of my favorite movies. I think she says she believes this stuff. I'm not saying she's a phony, but it doesn't matter. I mean, she says it. People get mad. Some people clap. And that's it. It just it just fades away. I don't think she speaks for many people. Whatever. Why do you think AOC should be brought up on charges? I would love to do so, but why? Citing a riot by telling people to, to go to the streets? Um, if you take to the streets and protest, you know what? I really am pretty liberal with language. I let the other side, the other side plays that game. The other side does that. I'm not going to do that. When I say fight like hell... I don't mean, you know, punch somebody out. I don't mean that. If I ever say, oh, my God, I want to kill that guy, I don't mean I want to commit homicide. So you can walk around with a notepad trying to get people in trouble, you know, like some obnoxious uh, hall monitor from junior high school. I'm not going to do that. I'm just uh, I'm, there are plenty of people playing that game. I don't. But once again, the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. What is today's date? June 24th. June 24th. This day will go down in history. It really will. Oh. This is following the Constitution and giving rights back when they should have been given long ago. That was from 
Donald Trump, Donald Trump just put out a statement. Hmm. Whatever else history says about him, he secured his place as the most consequential president when it comes to the Supreme Court and our greatest pro-life president as well. That's from Mark Thiessen. Anybody who knows who, knows who that is, but he just said it on uh, in the Washington Post. This is huge. The president of the United States. Imagine that, by the way. People looked at him and thought, well, look at this guy. He was an avowed playboy in the 1970s, right? He was a casino mogul in the 80s and 90s. Uh, married three times, all that stuff. God can do anything through anybody. Congratulations again, Donald Trump, uh, to the justices who made this happen, to everybody who shepherded those nominees through. That can be very, very tough. This is a great day in American history. Yeah, if you're really committed to getting an abortion, you'll still be able to, and it'll be safe and legal. But the federal government should not be sanctioning this. I love that it's going back to the states. Good stuff. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Terrific news. Roe v. Wade is gone. The fake news is totally freaking out. I see MSNBC is doing what it does. They bring on women of color so they can say totally outrageous things. And uh, none of the white hosts feel comfortable challenging any of it. So they just let them talk and talk and talk, no matter how insane it gets. And it can get pretty insane. Now, these folks who they love putting on TV, and I'm talking about uh, particular women of color on a particular network, MSNBC, they are not representative of anybody, of any group. They represent themselves. But there's this... There's this um, illusion that somehow they're speaking for a community. They are not, all right? They're speaking for themselves, and they are desperate to cling uh, to power and money and to get more power and money. Who am I talking about in particular here? Uh, Maria Taylor. Have you heard about her? She's on the – she went from ESPN to NBC Sports. And she became really a big name in the news when it – came out that some colleague of hers was complaining about a promotion she got. I mean, that's kind of typical, right? Anytime anybody ever gets promoted in the history of uh, promotions, somebody complains about it. And the person who was complaining about it complained, like, in the privacy of a hotel room, but somehow it was taped. It was recorded somehow because I guess she was Zooming a lot from her hotel room because of COVID. And the engineers, whatever, back at ESPN headquarters heard this woman bitching and moaning about Marie Taylor and the opportunities that she had been given. And it made Maria Taylor, like, kind of extra famous. I had never heard of her before. But man, oh, man, oh, man, uh, she seems to really resent um, uh, white people. Yeah, now, she happens to be black. And she happens to not like, I mean, I'm sorry, can I read this differently? You tell me. Cut 43. This is Maria Taylor on MSNBC's Joy Reid's special dinner table show, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. It's a bunch of women bitching and moaning about, uh, well, white people. Cut 43. I just want to get rid of all the layers and just see who I am and who I can function as on camera. And I think I had always been prepping myself and making myself up for the white male gaze because that's what sports is. That's what if you're covering football, the expectation is I'm thinking my hair has to be long. It has to be down to here. And one day I showed up and was like, no, I'm about to do the Winter Olympics and I'm going to cut all my hair off and it's going to be razored on the side. And whatever's there will be there. And whatever's not is not going to show up on camera. But it was scary. Like to bear your whole self on camera and be a black woman is scary. 
scary, 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 scary. I Oh, actually, did I play this? I think I did, but I want to do this one more. Cut 44, please. Did you hear what she said? Cut 44. And I think I had always been prepping myself and making myself up for the white male gaze. White male gaze. What's the problem with the white men looking at her? Hmm? If Erin Andrews, that white ESPN reporter, is she on ESPN or what? She's Fox Sports. She's very attractive. We talked about her yesterday. I'm sorry. This is a repeat. But she's well known for the peeping Tom incident, and they gave her $50 million for her troubles. Can you imagine her bitching and moaning about the black male gaze? I mean, it would be totally racist. It would be. It would smack of Emmett Till. Oh, I am destined to learn. This is Michelle Obama. I am destined to learn. She's saying, our hearts may be broken today, but tomorrow we've got to get up and find the courage to keep working towards creating the more just America we all deserve. We have so much left to push for, to rally for, to speak for, and I know we can do this together. Eh, pretty bland and generic. She dialed it back uh, after she said we got to, like, uh, double down. And you know, right after Kavanaugh, hey, don't forget, there was an assassination attempt against Justice Kavanaugh amid all this nonsense. I hope these justices are safe. Right now, there are some radical lunatics that would want these six dead. Absolutely. We want them dead. Want them gone. Joe Biden says he's absolutely stunned by this decision. Really? He grew up the first 30 years of his life. You couldn't get an abortion legally. All right? The 30 years. He's not absolutely stunned. Absolutely stunned. And Nancy Pelosi, absolutely uh, confused. Here she is this morning. This is her reaction. There's no point in saying good morning because it certainly is not one. This morning, the radical Supreme Court is eviscerating Americans' rights and endangering their health and safety. But the Congress will continue to act uh, to overcome this extremism and, pr- extremism and protect the American people. Mm. Not impressed. Not a good morning, huh? Um, and then she called the justices horrible names. Horrible. I mean, she just did radical, radical concern. Like, no, that's... And she's the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. Now, Kathy Hochul um, continues to embarrass herself. What did she say? Supreme Court has no problem stripping away a woman's right to control her body and allowing states to regulate her decisions. Meaning, as a result, in states that don't allow abortions any longer, and that's what the Supreme Court gave them license to do, You'll end up with government-mandated pregnancies. How do you reconcile that with taking away the ability that they just did with the gun case yesterday? Well, there's another human being involved, all right? There is a baby. There is a child. There are two lives. There is more than one person involved here. And I do think the state has a very valid, a solemn duty to protect that life. Kathy is scrambling, looking for anything to glom onto to uh, enhance her chances in November. I think she's vulnerable. She should be very vulnerable. I mean, talk about this total ditz who came out of nowhere. You know, Cuomo chose her. Do you think Cuomo chose her for her ability, for her intelligence, for her wisdom, for her experience? No. He chose her because she had none of those things. That's why she got the job. Peculiar place America is. We pick people because... They aren't good for the job, for the job. Kathy Hochul for Lieutenant Governor.
Pete Buttigieg for Secretary of Transportation. He's the mayor of South Bend. I think I have more people on my staff than he had on his staff for that uh, silly city, South Bend. Nothing against South Bend, but it's a silly city. I mean, come on. He's going to go from that to be president. He came pretty close, so they gave him Secretary of Transportation. That's a big-time job. You need an industrialist. You need somebody who knows, excuse me, pardon me, woo. Uh, you need somebody who knows either Washington or knows um, transportation, airlines, railroads. What was that guy's name? Drew Lewis, Reagan's transportation secretary. He knew airlines. I hope you guys didn't hear that. Is Stewart in, Stewart's in Forest Hills. Hi. Hey, Greg. Um, look, the Democrats in purple and blue states, Illinois, Pennsylvania, New York, they think they found gold with this issue. Um, Lee Zeldin or any Republican candidate going up, a Democrat governor in a blue or a purple state must go at them offensively and take them by surprise and say to them, you don't care about women's rights, Kathy Hochul. Your first concern ought to be about stopping and reducing crime in the streets, in the subways, put there by you. Mm. So they need to go like an overarching umbrella uh, issue. Yeah. Not talk about abortion, saying you don't care about women's rights. That's the issue. Women can't walk in the street with safety. They can't go in the subways with safety. And they have to hit them with that. I and like if they that. Hit them with that yeah. and say, women, this should be your main concern. This should be your main concern. I got it, Stuart. I got it. Ball. It's a great point. Um, quite frankly, I think. Uh, Rob Astorino or Andrew Giuliani can make it a hell of a lot better than Zeldin. Did you see Zeldin crash and burn the other night? I couldn't. I've never seen anything like it. Would have handled himself a little more better when he said, "I don't recall." You know that thing there. I don't recall. No, 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 no. That's a cliche. They, they, they can never say, "I don't recall." Saying, "No, what can I say?" Yeah, Zeldin's no. a good guy, but that was. Uh, what can I tell you? <laughs> is your first name Stewart? Yes, it is. That's a pretty cool name. It's very prestigious. Do they? But they probably just call you Stu or Stewie. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And Curtis Lee knows me. <laughs> we know each other. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thanks, Stuart. I'll see you later. Uh, one more. Brooklyn is in Brooklyn. Hi, Brooklyn. Good morning, Greg. Afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon. Long time no speak. Yes. How have you been? What's up? I, I, I want you to run for mayor. Okay. I'll be on your um, campaign team, definitely. Um, all right. we uh, Brooklyn, let's stay in touch because I'm definitely thinking about it. I am definitely thinking about it. I I feel like Eric Adams is the worst mayor in the history of mayors. We're all seeing it. It's incredible. It's I, <laughs> I knew he would be bad. I'm shocked, though, that he lived up to all of my expectations in a way. You know what I mean? I, I, I know that sounds – that doesn't really make sense, but – it's I've never seen anything quite like it. And he has no interest in being a good mayor. He's just, uh, you know, he's a party boy. He just wants to enjoy himself. So um, I got to give this some time. I got to see how things play out. I think I'll be making a decision. I say this time next year, I think I'm going to know. All right. You give me a little time to figure it out. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Brooklyn. Very, very much. Uh, yeah. A lot of people calling about that. That's a real thing now. Um now, Curtis did it. Hey, it's not far-fetched. I mean, Curtis did it. He was a radio host, and he ran. 
Now, I got a couple. I'm, obviously, I'm a little bit different from Curtis. Yesterday, I'm actually also thinking about doing this. Do you think it would be wise or foolish for me to publicly change my name? All right. Now, here's what I'm thinking about doing. My name is Gregory Raymond Kelly. That's my that's my full name. Greg Kelly for short. Okay, Greg Kelly. Every now and then I think that name is, I, I love it. I love being Greg. I love Raymond. I love Kelly. Anyway, uh, you know, I'm a big Nixon buff and whatever. How does this sound? G. Raymond Kelly. Huh? Sound a little bit more prestigious, a little bit more substantive? Is there a little bit more gravitas to a G. Raymond Kelly? Uh, so I think that's what I'm going to start doing. You can still call me Greg, but officially, you know, on my bank paperwork and in the ballot box, I will be G. Raymond Kelly. Now, a couple of things about that also. I put this out on Twitter yesterday, making this, you know, kind of overblown announcement, <clears throat> but uh, here it goes. I shall be referring to myself as G. Raymond Kelly. I will also insist that you refer to me the same way. Now, I'm not going to make such a big deal out of it to accuse you of committing hate speech if you call me by my old name. But try to have some damn courtesy and call me what I choose to be called. Now, why am I doing this? Well, Raymond is already my middle name, so I'm just changing how I say it in a way. But I admit that G. Raymond Kelly sounds a bit hoity-toity, but hoity-toity in a good way. Also, as I... Oh, the G suggests gangsta which is very much me. As I consider a possible run for New York City mayor, using G. Raymond Kelly will remind the people that I am the son of Raymond Kelly, the longest-serving and most successful police commissioner in the history of New York. That is all for now. Love, G. Raymond Kelly. What do we think, huh? Is that I really would like your impressions on that one. I think it's a uh, You know, it's not like I'm changing my name to uh, Max Headroom or anything like that. It's a real name. It's my name. I'm just varying it a little bit. Yes. Am I playing a little bit? uh, Am I calling on uh, doing a little uh, name recognition uh, chess? Yes, I am. But sometimes, uh, look, hey, look at what it's doing for Giuliani. Root Andrew Giuliani. I mean, I still got the same name, but his name is very singular. Giuliani. How many Giulianis have you ever met in your life? Uh, Christine is in Middletown, Connecticut. Hi, Christine. What do you think of the abortion decision? Um, it's the right thing to do. Abortion wasn't enumerated in the Constitution. It always should have been a state's right to begin with. Yeah. That's it? And I, I'm sorry. Um, when Biden was mentioning the 50-year history, he brought up Eisenhower's name. And Eisenhower was out of office for more than a decade, so... I don't know where Joe got that from. Well, he's always mixed up and confused. And we saw that weird, thank you very much, Christine, the weird note card that he, it looks like Joe Biden does not know how to be president. Did you see my Newsmax show last night? I showed this card. He's holding a card in his hand. And it says, Joe, you enter the room and then you sit down. Joe, you listen for two minutes before you speak. It's all there. This little, like, uh, what is it? It's like the Presidency for Dummies. You remember those For Dummies books? It's like the Presidency Sorry. for Dummies. Thanks, Christine. Um, and he he needs these little uh, this, this little roadmap. So strange. Now, only a year ago, I found him. I busted him with one of these cards. And it had real talking points, like, you know, regarding Putin, you know, here's our response. Regarding... Uh, 
Mesopotamia say this, but to walk, sit down, say hi, stand up, leave the room, he is in serious decline. It's bad for him, it's bad for the country, and he needs to resign. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, with the uh, jubilation over the Roe v. Wade being canned, we have to remember that Sullivan's Law was also canned. Now, what is Sullivan's Law? The Supreme Court uh, ruled that Sullivan's Law was unconstitutional. It was a law they came up with in 1911, New York State did, that said your right to bear arms would be regulated by police departments, and they would decide who got a permission to carry a gun uh, once they left the home. And these police departments came up with pretty crazy uh, rules, and very few people could meet all those rules and jump through all those hoops. Basically, you had to be rich or famous uh, to get one of those rules. All kinds of problems with licensing them. Or, you know, it, it wasn't fair at all. You just got to go right back to the Constitution. Uh, you know, basically, with that kind of procedure, only outlaws would have guns. And that's the situation we have right now. Law-abiding people don't have guns. Outlaws do. Uh, this law is not going to uh, increase gun violence. There's no evidence of that. New York State could not establish that. The Solicitor General. Did you know we had a Solicitor General? Apparently we do, and he's the guy who argues Supreme Court cases in front of the Supreme Court, uh, New York side of it. I think we have to hire him. I don't think he's a full-time guy. So that's fantastic, all right? No more jumping through these crazy hoops to get a gun. If you have a generalized fear of crime before, believe it or not, that was not a sufficient reason. I mean, that's kind of the essence of gun ownership, right? Uh, to defend yourself. I must say, I'm not a big target guy. I, don't, I mean, I'm an expert with the gun. I am, officially. I'm an expert marksman. I have an export, expert with the M16 and the 9 mil uh, uh, handgun. I'm very good. I've never shot less than expert in my entire military career. So uh, I know how to handle a gun. And I may or may not have one right now. This is the thing among gun enthusiasts. I wouldn't call myself a gun enthusiast, but I am a big Second Amendment guy. You don't want to let anybody know if you have a gun, or you certainly don't want to let anybody know how many guns you have. I guess it's good if you let them know you have a gun, but don't tell them how many, because potentially if the government gets carried away, they'll come looking for all of your guns. And it's none of the government's business, is it? Kathy in New York City, hello. Great to talk to you, Greg. That's, I love you. How are you? I'm terrific. Well, how are you? What's up? We, uh, I'm good. We, I'm in New York City. Please help us. We need you to run for mayor. Please. All right. This place is going to hell. I know. I know. And you know what? If I don't do it, huh? if I don't do it, Adams is probably just going to walk away with it. Adams will walk <laughs> away with it. And I, 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 I relax. Hold on a second. I mean. I if if I if I see him getting reelected and no one no one stepping up to stop him, I'm not going to join a field of 80 people to run for mayor. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm just not going to go through that. If there is somebody out there who can take him on, look, I got a lot of other things I like to do. Uh, a lot of other things that are quite frankly more lucrative than being the mayor of New York. And um, if there's somebody else, but I don't think there will be. I think people are going to be scared off uh, identity politics. I think there's a uh, you know, he's got a big smile that goes a long way. Uh, there's a lot of weird, weirdo white guilt out there that I don't understand. I just see an incompetent guy doing a miserable job, and he needs to be removed. Now, let's see. Miracles can happen. 
Maybe he'll turn around. Maybe he'll, uh, but I don't think so. I don't think he has any ability. He has, even if he worked harder, what could he apply? He knows nothing. So, Kathy, I am thinking about it. All right. Where do you live? He just, I live in Queens in New York City. I was a, a Customs and Border Protection officer also. What they're doing at the border is unbelievable. But you know what? He's not any better than uh, de Blasio was. I've been here my whole life. I can't I can't handle it. This is horrible. In some ways, he's much worse. In much, Let me ask you one more thing. What neighborhood in Queens? Um, Howard Beach. All right. Well, listen, um... Keep in touch. Keep uh, keep listening. I'm thinking about it, and I I'm going to need I'm going to need if I do it, I'm going to need your help and a lot of other people. So oh, thank you, yes. Kathy. Thank you uh, for the encouragement. Anything I can do. Thank oh. you for everything. Watch you every night at ten. Now, thank oh, you, terrific. Greg. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks so much. Uh, wow, I love it. I mean, people are really into it, and uh, I can't. I mean, I'm into the city. I want this city to be what it can be. I, we all remember when it was safe, when it was beautiful, when you didn't have to worry about being on the subway. I don't even ride the subway anymore. I don't ride the subway. If you can afford it, do not go there. It's too dangerous. And this ridiculous conversation we had nationally about race to avoid having a more important, substantive conversation about race, it let down so many people, especially, quite frankly, people of color. And we're in a bad, bad spot and this clown, this he's, a, he's an unserious person who knows nothing and is just having the time of his life. I think, I think. And you know what? Things go so fast. He became mayor-elect essentially a year ago, one year ago. And what? all that time to study, all that time to work at it. Hey, I'm going to say one other thing about this Supreme Court Roe v. Wade thing. I don't think it's going to be a game-changer for the midterms. I don't. I don't think this is something that rank-and-file people are going to really get worked up about. Once they see the map, once they see, okay, if I live in California, I'll be able to get an abortion. If I live in two-thirds of the country, no problem getting an abortion. Kavanaugh even said in his uh, decision here, in his uh, opinion, he said that the idea of prosecuting somebody who goes from one state to another to get an abortion, that's— you can't be prosecuted for that. So if you live in, like, uh, Louisiana, where it is... No, if you live in Mississippi, where it's illegal, and you go over to Louisiana, where it's legal, you can't be prosecuted for that in Mississippi. You know, stay the hell out of it. And Governor Tate Reeves, another hero in all this, he deserves a lot of praise. He hasn't been talking about anything like that. Hey, Michael, real quick, in Rockaway Beach. Rockaway Beach, Michael, Hi. What's going on, G. Raymond? Not much. I think it's a great idea, great idea for you to run for mayor. I had met your father many times at a uh, Christmas party uh, uh, for a big law firm on Wall Street, and I always suggested that he should run for mayor, and he always used to look at me and say, you don't like me very much, do you? He what? He said, you really don't like me, do you? Why would he say that? Laugh. Because he didn't want to run for me. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Well, thank you for the encouragement. I know he always appreciated uh, that kind of encouragement, and he thought about it long and hard. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, no rioting yet. That's a good sign, Uh, although I think it could change real soon. Uh, A lot of mad, crazy liberals out there about Roe v. Wade. So intent are they on uh, having abortion on demand. Can you imagine getting really worked? I mean, I could see... I could see uh, having a difference of opinion. I could see struggling with the issue. I could see, but to be that virulently uh, just pro-abortion as to vandalize and throw Molotov cocktails. I mean, it's just a horrific, horrific stance, I think. Or you could have that stance, but you'd be a little apprehensive about it, almost embarrassed, almost sheepish about it. But no, they're all in. They are all in. Um, well, I love it. Five to four. Hey, is it five to four or six to three? Now I'm six to three. I don't know about that. I'm not sure if, uh, Justice Thomas, uh, no, I'm sorry. Justice Roberts went all the way. I think he hedged a little bit. I think he, because we know he's not the, um, the most solid conservative on that court. Hey, who remembers Andrew Gillum, the guy who ran for governor of Florida, uh, he was arrested the other day. We knew he was a, well, a lot of people knew that there were ethical concerns about him. The FBI was investigating him. Even when he was running for governor, the fake news kept it quiet. That meant Ron DeSantis had to bring it up all the time. And he did during the debate. Listen to this. Again, Gillum versus DeSantis, 2018. DeSantis was just a congressman at this point. He barely won. He barely won this race. And uh, thank goodness he did because he's probably going to be president someday after Trump. Don't get carried away there, Ron. But anyway, here he is bringing up um, uh, 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 Gillum's very serious ethical issues all the way back in 2018. Again, he was just arrested this week. Cut 41, please. When I worked with the FBI, I was doing it as a prosecutor to bring people to justice. When Andrew is dealing with the FBI, he's dealing with an undercover agent as a person of interest and investigation. Now think about what he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that he's not under investigation. Why would an undercover FBI agent posing as a contractor give him a $1,000 ticket to Hamilton? And so he was asked the question by me, did you pay for it? He was indignant. He says, I'm a grown man. I pay for my stuff. He lied the other day. The text messages show he knew it came from Mike Miller, who he didn't know was an undercover FBI agent at the time, but now we know that. He also didn't tell the truth about the junket he took um, in Costa right, Rica. Well, here, let me just finish this one no, thought. Have, it's one seconds. thought, because this is why it's important. Just here. here. I, to make sure this this is why it's important, because the lobbyists who funded that, time, he sir, gave a $2 million way, contract to, to, to build a restaurant. Did you hear that guy jump in like that? I I kind of remember him. His name is Todd McDermott doing his best Chris Wallace impression, shutting down this guy when he's making – got to keep you to time, 30 seconds. You know, you TV anchor heads, you keep us to these 30-second sound bites with your dumb TV commercials. A debate is where you can have, you know, a, a bit more time. Engage, 30 seconds. Your time is up, 15-second rebuttal. Shut up. Just let the guys talk. Who the hell? And Todd McDermott. I know I'm going off on something pretty obscure, but he's, uh, 
he rearranged himself physically. He's uh, there's no there's no way he naturally looks like this anymore. I mean, he looks like he's thirty, but he's got to be at least sixty five. I remember him when he was on the news here, Channel Two, in the early nineties, and now he's back. Um, maybe it was he's he's on some Florida TV station. And he looks like a Ken doll. And uh, hey, look, aging happens to all of us. I guess you can fight it, but that's a little extreme. I mean, it's it's uh, he's unrecognizable. Uh, maybe it's I don't know. Man, who the hell am I to talk? All right, whatever works for him, right? All right. Uh, hey, do we have Joe Biden getting all flipped out about uh, abortion? He's so. This was a guy who's supposed to be moderate. Remember, this is a guy who actually hemmed and hawed at one point about abortion in his career. Uh, listen to this. Make no mistake, this decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset the balance of our law. Um, a deliberate effort? What does he mean by that? He makes it sound so sinister. I mean, they deliberately wrote the decision. What, uh, what's his, um, is there anything else? The court has done what it has never done before, expressly take away a constitutional right that is so fundamental so many Americans that had already been recognized. How fundamental is that to so many Americans? I mean, how often do you get an abortion? Is that a fundamental right? I think speech is more is fundamental, right? But abortion? I mean, how often does one get one? Hopefully never. A fundamental right. To me, that's one that you keep exercising like every day. A fundamental right to abortion. And his fellow nitwit, uh, Nancy Pelosi, she really, really, this is very unspeaker-like. You can't talk about the court like this. There's no point in saying good morning, because it certainly is not one. This morning, the radical Supreme Court is eviscerating Americans' rights and endangering their health and safety. But the Congress will continue to act uh, to overcome this extremism and extremism and protect the American people. Mm, extremism. That's, uh, yeah, that's the unspeaker-like stuff. Well, we won. We won. Uh, abortion will may continue to be legal in New York uh, probably forever and probably in most of the Northeast as well. You could see some rollback. Uh, where will this happen? North Carolina, not Virginia, not South Carolina, maybe Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, the northern states like Wisconsin and Michigan, I think they have some trigger laws all lined up. Uh, But you will be able to get an abortion if you want one. It's not recognized. I I, I love it. You know, if you read this ruling, it tells you the issue has to be settled by the people, not by the courts. It reads beautifully. This is an issue for the people, not the courts, and their duly elected representatives. Fantastic. Who could really argue with that? And people here in New York seem to like abortion, right? Kathy Hochul is looking to exploit the hell out of this. Uh, is she going to be elected? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm actually rooting for Tom Swazi in the nomination fight, and I would be very pleased with either Andrew Giuliani or Rob Astorino on the Republican side. I could not believe Lee Zeldin. He was um, – I've never seen anything quite like it. Do we have that Lee Zeldin sound? It's uh, It's pretty bad. He he just lost. Well, you've heard it by now. We don't have to we don't have to go through that. 
Uh, oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, is this guy ready to take on Kathy Hochul? Not that Kathy Hochul's any great shakes, but uh, listen to this. The, the, the ease that they just keep lying is just incredible. Uh, the reinvention of, of history as it happened. <laughs> you, uh, you didn't try to knock us off the bat. It's insane. Let's hear you, you didn't try to knock I'm us also off endorsed out. by the yes conservative no? party. Answer the question, Lee. Answer the Again, question. No, I'm saying it's false. And uh, I'm, I'm endorsed by the conservative party. I am uh, also not going to lose this primary next Tuesday because everybody is focused on winning is the only option. Losing is not an option. But it is important for all of us to be one voice this time next week. It is a, is a hard-fought primary. There are passions inside of this room. And outside will of the you state. will you support? Oh, the I'm going to be supporting the primary winner next Tuesday. So the answer is even, no. Even if it's not you. you, you just learned a lot about him. The answer is no. I, listen, it, I don't think about losing. It, I refuse. It's to a lose. simple yes/no question, Lee. Simple oh, yes/no. I'm going to be supporting the winner of the primary next Tuesday. He would just you, like you could not say yes or no. The fact that you had called President Trump past eight races. You can't do this in New York, gentlemen. Gentlemen, guys, guys, listen. I'm Eric. He would not say yes or no. Wow. To the fact that President right now, it's not easy to be in second, third, and fourth place. I get it, Congressman. You would know. You would know, wouldn't you? I heard him say he would support the winner of the I primary. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would I heard, say, I would I take that, that as a viewer as okay, whoever wins. Okay, let's leave it right there. Wow, Zeldin really was a bitch. I'm sorry. That's uh, he's 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 not he's not ready. He needs uh, another ten years. He stinks. Did you see how the room started booing him like crazy? Hey, one other thing on this gun situation that that's they just approved that. Uh, Law-abiding citizens uh, can carry weapons. Uh, You'll have to check it out with your local municipality. They're going to scale back all these crazy rules that kept guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens in New York State, getting rid of the Sullivan's Law that went back over 100 years. That was clearly unconstitutional. This is great. It gives, believe it or not, though, another opportunity for Adams to pretend that this stuff that's going on in New York is not his fault. Oh, and believe me, it is. It is. But here he goes, already spinning. He's inept. He's incompetent. Doesn't know what to do other than blame others. Blame I-25. Blame the gun show in South Carolina. And now blame the Supreme Court. Cut one. The concern about uh, disputes elevating uh, to gun violence. Uh, For a city like this, we're densely populated. This decision is just not rooted in reality. Um, how so? He doesn't really explain it. Well, maybe he does. He take a crack at it here. Cut two. We're still analyzing this bill to know specifically what restrictions we can put in place. All right. Cut three. We cannot allow New York to become the wild, wild west. That is unacceptable. Uh, well, it already is. It already is. The bad guys have guns. They're shooting each other like crazy and some good people, too. Good people with licenses, good people who go to the trouble to get the license. They are not the problem. They're not the problem here. Uh, this uh, Good people who are following the law and not obtaining guns right now, they're not the problem here. He really is limited as far as it goes uh, in the intellectual department. You know what I mean? Olivia in Queens, you know what I mean? Hi. 
Yes, yes, Greg Kelly, you are a breath of fresh air. God bless you. If you could run for mayor, that would be wonderful. You know, I'm the daughter of a cop, and my dad was in the 7-9 precinct in Bed-Stuy during very, very tough times. And he always, they used to call him the preacher. He was wonderful to everyone, gave us great respect as your dad, too. But, you know... They don't understand. Sadly, I call them the lethal left now. I never used to. I was an independent, but now the gloves are off, as they say. You know, it's become like Lord of the Flies. They don't understand what the Constitution is about. They don't understand that Roe versus Wade was never a constitutional right. And I agree with you. Uh, It it was not a right that you do every day or every week. But sadly, they were thinking it's birth control. And I'm very relieved. I'm sorry that people are only upset, but a lot of people have been praying for this result, at least for for the states that will be able to uphold it. But I give the Supreme Court justices a lot of credit. They must be in their bunkers by now, these poor guys, you know, who had to come forward with this with this result. But it is. It's like Lord of the Flies. Why must we have – and, you know, I I begin to wonder if – all of this is not by design, and I never used to think like that. Yeah. But what is going on? And why won't they reach across to the Giuliani's and, and people who would be able to help solve the problem of crime as Giuliani did? Hey, hold on. Turn the city around. I, yeah. You're all great points. But Lord of the Flies, that's a book I've tried to read like six times, and I never get through it. And I'm not saying it's a bad book, but uh, that's basically a bunch of kids are marooned on an island, yeah. and they become and they like go- savages, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Kill the pig, smash his head. Sadly, I hate to use that term, but if you watch the movie, it's a beautifully done movie. It's all terrifying. Basically, kids. yeah, kids, yeah. people will resort to their lowest basic instincts and and uh, without supervision, and that's kind of what it seems like today. Very much so. Well, Olivia, um, uh, uh, great to hear about your dad and the seven nine and all that stuff. Thank you for your support. To be continued in two minutes. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. They're beating up poor people, poor people who are trying to support women. That's a great point. Somebody called in earlier and said, uh, you know, what the Republicans should say in the debate against Kathy Hochul. You know, Kathy, you say you support women, but you're allowing this city to go to hell. You don't fire Alvin Bragg. What about women's rights, freedom from crime? Freedom to not be assaulted. I mean, that's that's how. Uh, does that sound silly? It's not. You could really hit back hard on that. Kathy Hochul and uh, Governor Cuomo let this city burn up in 2020. Just burn up. They got the hell out of the way. They sanctified the criminals. Uh, they delegitimized the cops, and that was that was awful. And it should never have happened, and it did. And Kathy Hochul bears responsibility. She is unfit unfit for public office absolutely unfit and i'd like to know a few damn things about that buffalo stadium deal wouldn't you what was going on with that all these stadium deals by the way they make me sick you know we didn't need a new city field shea stadium was just fine how many days a year do you use a damn baseball stadium anyway how many games are there 180 120 half of them are away 60 games a year? Why the hell did we give them whatever we gave them? We gave them all kinds of tax breaks, this, that, and the other thing. Yankee Stadium, perfectly good stadium. We smashed it to create a new fake one. I don't like the new stadium, and I don't like all those dumb luxury boxes either. 
Why, why, why go to a game and sit in the luxury box? I, I, can't, you know, I can't stand it for a couple of reasons, actually. It's very hard. I've been to it a couple of times, and it's like, it's, it's like a party, but there are not enough people, and it goes on too long, and you keep passing the same people. By the way, there's usually way too much food. I have a problem around food. I, I finally, you know, I just, if it's free and it's there, I'm going to just go nuts, just like I did today. There are cupcakes down the hall. Did I need those four cupcakes? No. Uh, they were, but I, I just, uh, anyway, I miss the old Yankee stadium. I want to go and see where Lou Gehrig, uh, played baseball and Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio and, and Reggie Jackson in 1977. I want to look at that home plate and say, that's where that happened. And now it's some, it's in the parking lot. Literally it's in the parking lot. Why do they do that? Such history. The house that Ruth built for the house that Jeta built. Uh, Jeter was a nice guy and all, but um, none of these guys are worth our uh, are worthy of our admiration. Really, they're not. They're just uh, they're just jocks, and jocks. You know, some are good, some are bad. They're just people, and a matter of fact, a lot of them are unusually immature. It's often not their fault. They 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 get very good at a baseball game or a football game, and they're. You know, they, they usually show superstar status or ability, like when they're 13, 14. So they're worshipped in school. They're worshipped in high school, college. And then the worship comes, and then they have to leave the game. And then it's really, then it gets really tough. Now, there are some guys who make the transition, but it's a tough one. And I feel for them. Uh, some guys have done very well, and they kind of leave it all behind. I think one of them is Keith Hernandez made the transition pretty well. He's got like... A lot of other interests, and he reads, and he writes, and he doesn't even live in the city anymore. He lives all the way out in the country. Um, is there anything else to say about this? Uh, hey, is the judge around, Judge Weinberg? It was nice to have him in yesterday. Let's see if he's around. He does a lot of uh, the legal, legal work around here, and he's uh, smart as hell. And I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything in this Roe v. Wade thing. Again, regarding Roe v. Wade... And it going away, as it should have. It never should have been passed. I'm happy about this. I used to be pro-choice. I am no longer. I consider myself pro-life. And a country where you can kill unborn children, that's not much of a country. We have been in decline for about 50 years, ever since this thing happened. We were you know, up and down, up and down, but generally the trend was up from 1776 right until about 1972 when we said it was okay to kill babies. And then... What can we do now? That What are we doing now that we weren't doing in 1972? In 1972, if you wanted to go to the, if you wanted to see porno, you had to go to the Weirdo Theater on 42nd Street, and there are very few people who would do that, all right? I don't want to call them dirty old men, but they were pretty much dirty old men, all right? That's okay. It's, you know, they're dirty old men. It's not, a, it's not as pejorative as it sounds. It's better that, you know, older men engage in the pornography and the porno than 11-year-old kids, right? And now we have put every piece of pornography that was ever created within reach with this silly phone. That's the only thing anybody gets excited about, the iPhone. We have been declining. We can't go to the moon anymore. We went in 1972. We can't go back. Uh, What else is crummy? You know, going to an R movie in 1973 was like a big deal. It was like, ooh, we're doing something edgy. I think, was Top Gun rated R? I think it might have been rated R. Most movies these days that are worth seeing are rated R. If it's a cartoon, it might get PG. It was probably PG. But you know what I mean about the R-rated movies.
Most of them are R-rated. Curiously, though, curiously, movies of the 70s had a lot more nudity. Do you remember that? And I, I have to say the nudity was tasteful. Today, it's, uh, there's no nudity, but it's very crude. People are hooking up left and right. You don't see the nudity. Violence, violence and more violence, profanity. I can be profane myself. I mean, look, I was in the Marine Corps. I can, you know, but to hear it, to be surrounded by it, it really bothers me when I hear it on the sidewalk. When somebody is so, and call me sexist, but when I hear a woman speaking like that in public, I, sh- I just, I shiver. I can't stand it. And I, I associate a lot of this stuff with the stuff that happened in the 1970s. When we said it, was, when we gave the green light to killing unborn children, we started changing in so many ways uh, all right, there's the music. One more, and then it's Friday phone time. I'll be right back. Entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wait a second before we do the Friday phone thing. I uh, have one with me once again, Judge Richard Weinberg. He knows the law. Fantastic. Former Supreme Court Justice, and uh, he knows this stuff cold. I like that the Roe v. Wade decision has been thrown out by the Supreme Court. Uh, Judge, I don't want to ask if you care to share your personal views. uh, Please do, but... What do you think from a uh, jurisprudence standpoint about what happened? From a jurisprudential point of view, it's the right decision. And people should calm down, should read the decision, should not get overwrought. The politicians should calm down and stop playing to their bases and to uh, their campaign contributors. It's a simple decision. It said that Roe versus Wade was wrongfully decided because they created a constitutional right where there's no basis for the constitutional right. They created under the right of privacy, which doesn't exist under the United States Constitution. They just said there's no federal right, constitutional right, to an abortion. It does not ban abortions. States can have abortion rules and regulations and allow it. Half the states may allow it. Half the states may not allow it. There will be ample places, safe sanctuaries, for for women to have legal abortions. Mm. It's a state issue. If they look at the United States Constitution, which is the governing body that decides everything, the Ninth and the Tenth Amendments of the United States Constitution make it perfectly clear. That which does not go to the federal government is reserved back to the uh, to the states. All right. The states can deal with it. Now, what about this? And by the way, I think it's great. I mean, you know, I, I'm no lawyer, and I, but the Fourteenth Amendment is the amendment that says, let me think here. Due it's process. Like, due process. And also, under the Fourteenth Amendment, it's like, okay— if a right is not enshrined in the Constitution specifically, there's a provision in there where it says if it's part of our tradition and if it's well-founded in the country's kind of mores and culture, then it almost by implication can be part of the Constitution, something like that. Right. But the, this was the, the problem. The first case was Roe versus Wade. It was followed by another case called Casey. The Roe versus Wade created a whole penumbra of creating this right of privacy. 
if you read Casey and you compare Roe versus Wade versus Casey, Casey undermined all the reasoning that was contained in Roe versus Wade and relied on just what you said, a so-called due process right. But a due process right is not a, an absolute right. You have to look at the totality of the circumstances, the context. And this is what's important. If a case is decided wrongly, for example, Plessy versus Ferguson, which said separate but equal school facilities are good facilities and constitutional, if you didn't overturn bad decisions and didn't rely totally on the rule of, of, of precedent and you set it aside, you made a good legal decision as well as a good public policy decision. Right. So it's important that bad decisions are reviewed and, if necessary, overturned. All right. Again, I, I would I would not have brought this case up myself as a lawyer, as a judge, because it inflames the passions. But this is not about inflaming the passions. It's about a fair reading of this decision. So without getting all uh, Federalist aside on everybody, and this stuff gets very, very arcane sounding pretty quick. It certainly does. So with that said, let me ask you this. When Kavanaugh was up for his confirmation hearing, and they asked him about Roe v. Wade, and he said, well, I think that's, I consider that settled law. And I remember telling people who were about to jump out of windows because they were so upset about Kavanaugh, look, look, don't worry about it. Your abortion is going to be fine. He even said it's settled law. Now, when he said that, what did he mean? Was he playing a game? Was he being dishonest? Was he, or is there a rationale where he could say that yet rule the way he did today? That's that's an absolutely brilliant question, and that would make you the editor-in-chief of the law review. Oh, come on. Are you kidding? Okay, deputy editor of the law review. Is that a good question? Seriously? It's, it's a wonderful question. But the answer is if one went back and they read the decision of Judge Kavanaugh when he sat on the D.C. circuit, he had a checklist of about five different factors that would show when something that is, quote, settled law should be reviewed and overturned. In other words, you don't have a mindless, robotic adherence to precedent. And when you go through Kavanaugh's writings on this subject, and he was very learned, and the Supreme Court of the United States quoted him, even when he was a, a D.C. Circuit judge, it's perfectly clear if it's, if it's wrongly decided, you don't blindly adhere to precedent, and you can overturn it. And that's what exactly what he did. So why did he call it settled law when he was asked about it? Because that's a term. It's a legal term of art. So it's settled, but it's not settled forever. Oh, I see. So he was being cute. He was being descriptive. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, look, you, you, th- let's face it. It's a minefield. It's an obstacle course, and they're trying to trap you. So when you're Kavanaugh or uh, who else, Gorsuch or Amy Coney Barrett, you got to watch out for those traps. By the way, you mm. know who's the, the most brilliant at avoiding those traps? Mm. It was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was known for the Ginsburg approach to doing a Senate hearing for confirmation, which is I will not get into the weeds and details, and I will not tell you how I'm going to decide a case, because that would be wrong for me as a nominee to make a prediction about what I'm going to do. I'll deal with the case when it comes before me. Well, she could pull that off in part because she was a woman. She was kind of spunky. She had a New York accent going for her. And she looked like this sweet, you know, lady. And they weren't. I don't know if a man could get away with that. By the way, do we have the moment where Donald Trump found out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died this is a very impressive moment on television. It's, and I think you're going to be able to hear it. There's an Elton John song in the background. This is in late 2020, and this is the moment that uh, he finds out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice, has died.
and then he walks off by himself to get on Air Force One. There's, it's just an extraordinarily beautiful moment. And he would nominate and have confirmed, see confirmed, her successor, which was Amy Coney Barrett. Three judges, three justices, one president, one term. That really is something, isn't it? It's historic. And the fact of the matter, each of those three judges that he nominated to the Supreme Court of the United States were enormously well-qualified, great legal scholars, great judges, great temperament. They were good choices. And I tell you this, as I often, in full disclosure, uh, I'm the House Democrat. Get out of this studio. (laughs) I'm only kidding. I am the House Democrat, but I'm a, a moderate centrist Democrat. I believe in common sense Democrats, common sense Republicans working together, and I'm against the divisiveness that we have in this country today. Yeah. I mean, you know, to a point, I mean, I don't know. Divisiveness can be... I'm looking out the window. I don't see any riots. I mean, and 50 years ago, we had riots. This country was on fire in 1970. I mean, they were shut down airports. They shut. They were hijacking airplanes every two weeks. People forget. And, sir, I'm forgive me, you were, a, you know, you were... I'm a, of a suitable age to remember. So yes. you remember. I mean, wasn't it worse back then? Seriously. Uh... There are two things that always always happens when you look back. It's either it was the, the wonderful golden years and they were better or they were worse and things are getting better all the time. It depends where you sit. I, I say that we're in tremendously dangerous times today. There's a polarization I've never seen in my lifetime. I've been involved in, in law, public service, government for a long time, and I'm deeply troubled by what's going on. You have to have people respecting each other's rights, listening to the other person's point of view, trying to work out reasonable accommodations, finding common ground. Compromise is not a dirty word. It's what makes the society survive. This is a great lesson I learned in political science as a student and as a human being. All right. The victory on any particular issue is not more important than respect and civility for the fellow man and keeping the governmental institutions intact. Civility for the fellow man is very subjective. It means different things to different people, right? I mean, civility, civility. I have to just remind you, 1968, RFK was assassinated. Uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. The Vietnam War was raging. We were losing hundreds of guys a week. Uh, you know, Kent State in 1970, a resignate. We to me, that was worse. You got these crazy hippies. Now, part of it was it was generational. It was the young versus the old. Now you got like, um, you know, you got old people. You got Trump supporters and you got non-Trump supporters. Is that it? I'll tell you what. That's I most respectfully. You just undercut your your own argument mm-hmm. because it's much more dangerous today because it's not gen- just generational. The younger generation may not understand the importance of economics or, or history or of uh, respect for your fellow citizen. But you have institutions of higher learning that are controlled by a particular agenda. Well, weren't they? Different. They were back then, too. The campuses have always been liberal. But not like we have today. Not with the, uh, the blockading of thought and of speech mm. and of language. They didn't have wokeism in that time, which suppressed the ability of people to think, to use language, to try to make an argument. It wasn't, if you disagreed with me, 
I had to call you a racist rather than debating on the merits. I know. It's funny. Racist is almost a comical term. It means nothing because, you know, you, you disagree. It's just it's so sad what's happening. Can I just ask you this about all of that, though? Uh, shoot. You said something. Well, oh, January 6th. Thank God January 6th is not in the news today. Can we just I'd love to get your take on January 6th. You know, I think it was a big farce. It's a big setup. We saw 10,000 riots. Buildings burned down, looting, pillaging, all that stuff. One bad day, January 6th, and they're trying to make it out to be worse than Pearl Harbor. I find that. That's a real dividing. That's a sticking point with me. Judge, what's your view on January 6th? It was a, it was a stupid act. It was a destructive act. It was unnecessary. It hurt the, uh, the cause of people who were, uh, who were center-right or Republican or conservative. You couldn't have asked for more ammunition for the left than what happened on January 6th. I'm totally against it, but not everybody who was protesting on January 6th was a so-called insurrectionist. Some people just expressing their free speech rights. But what was important, and let me and get back to the key thing, the January 6th committee was wrongly constituted because you don't have a ranking member of the committee. Therefore, the subpoenas that are issued are legally questionable because you don't have a ranking member, a Republican, on that. It was packed with anti-Trump people from the beginning, the Democrats, as well as the two Republicans that went on there. When they voted a, uh, a reference to the Justice Department for an indictment against Peter Navarro, they never gave the courts a chance to adjudicate the issue whether or not executive privilege governed. Executive privilege is not asserted mm. by the su- subsequent president. It's asserted by the predecessor president. Okay. So Biden could never waive that Right for Trump. In other words, it stinks. It stinks to high heaven. That's uh, your characterization. I told you mine. But, I mean, (laughs) generally speaking, it stinks. I think it's defective. Defective. I love it. All right. Hey, do me a favor, Judge. Stand by because Marianne, our very thoughtful caller from Philadelphia, is standing by. Yes, Marianne. Hello, Greg. How are you? Okay. What's going on? Okay. Um. The um the laws that they're that they're passing or they're going to pass, they're saying like um they're going to be able to confiscate guns from people that they feel that are at risk. Don't they feel us deplorable people are at risk? Yeah, right. These red flag laws. I don't trust them myself. There are all yeah. kinds of uh, judge. What do you make of that stuff? And she's right. I mean. At-risk people, that's such a—the uh, criteria seem very, very uh, subjective. I think uh, I think the lady's point is well taken. I think your point is well taken. What it's an attempt to do is to deal with a very difficult situation where you see somebody who uh, has, made, has made threats or is mentally, uh, is mentally ill. They're trying to curb that. And if you're going to have these red flag laws, they have to be supervised and uh, enforced in a reasonable way and not arbitrarily or capriciously. So I, I agree with you, caller. All right. Marianne, thank you. I have another one. Oh. I have another one. All right. Fire one. away. Rob, quick. All right. The Rob shooter, the, the uh, Rob incident, the teacher that went out the back door, supposedly to make a call. They say she went out to make a call or she went out to get her phone. They can't get it together. What I want to know is if she, if the teacher did use her phone, why don't they confiscate her phone and any and all phones that she has just just for S&Gs? I don't even know what you're talking about. Is this in Uvalde? 
Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Judge, do you? No. I haven't heard about that, Marianne. I got to check it out. But you were always on the, you're one of the first to know about stuff. Hey, eight seconds. Vinny in New Jersey. Yes, Vinny. Hey, how you doing, Greg? Uh, well, I was like to comment about uh, Mayor Adams. I don't know what planet he's living on, but he's saying that he doesn't want the city to turn into the Wild West. Where's it been for the last two years where people have been getting thrown down subway tracks and getting hit with hammers and everything else? <laughs> was it Disneyland? No, I know, I know. He is totally clueless, and that was an embarrassing remark. He is uh, totally out of it. Uh, never have I seen a mayor more detached from the city he supposedly leads than Eric but Adams. people love him, and that's No, they I don't, don't love him. No, 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 sir. They don't love him. Take a look at the public opinion polls. Now, people, a lot of white people, quite frankly, a lot of white people in media are intimidated by him because of uh, silly identity politics, and they're afraid to say things, and they're afraid to Eric is going to call them out, saying, you are white, and I am black, and you shouldn't be covering me. He actually said that. He is uh, a total and complete racist. He talked about those... Uh, Cops. He called them crackers. Crackers. He has no respect for the NYPD. None. There's a reason why he didn't make it in the NYPD. He is a bad, bad guy. He has no business being mayor. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Once again, we are thankful, very thankful for a couple of people today. Believe it or not, I am going to give thanks to President George H.W. Bush. Why? Because he nominated Clarence Thomas all the way back in, what was that, 90 or 91? Uh, Good for him. George W. Bush, one of my least favorite presidents, but he nominated uh, Justice Alito, Alito, who uh, was one of the guys. And I guess wishy-washy, wishy-washy Chief Justice uh, Roberts kind of, sort of went along with the decision but not enthusiastically. He did it with his nose, holding his nose. But anyway, I guess he did it. So, okay, we're glad about that. But most importantly, President Trump, who nominated Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Hey, honorable mention goes to Swamp Snake. We're not going to call him Swamp Snake today, though. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell. What did he do that was so great? Well, he blocked Merrick Garland, who would have been a disaster. And also, he... Uh, fast-track the nomination and confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. There are a slew of organizations that help bring about today. Uh, too many to mention. Quite frankly, I'm not that familiar. Uh, but I'll, by tonight, Newsmax, we will we'll, we'll do the appropriate uh, uh, respect and uh, shout-out for them. Now, let's see here. Overturned Dobbs' decision triggered state abortion restrictions. A whole bunch of states, Arizona, Utah, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, Kentucky, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin. Almost every single one of those states. Yeah, there are a lot of places where it's going to be pretty tough to get an abortion. Potentially. Potentially. Let's see how all this shakes out. All right. So what time is my new what time is my show on again? 10 p.m. Yes, I know people are grumbling about it, but quite frankly, I love the new schedule. Um, it gives me a little bit more time in the morning to do what I got to do. Please don't let me eat any more damn cupcakes. Hey, when is a 4th of July? That's a week from Monday, right? Is it a week from Monday? All right. The, the year is almost half over. The year is almost half over. All right. 
So as I wrap up the week, I will say goodbye to uh, Kevin in New Jersey. Kevin, what is it? How are you? In the book, Why Not the Best by Jimmy Carter, he lost to the Republican for governor of Georgia by a judge's remark. Show me a law where it's, it's illegal, to, illegal to steal at an election. Can I see the results of President's IQ? Bill Carter had the highest, followed by Richard Nixon, both George H. Bush and George W. Bush were the dumbest. No results for Jimmy Carter. No results for Trump. No results for Biden. All right. And Senator Ernest Honig said, I don't remember, when he was asked to take a a test for age, he told his opponent, I'll take a test for the age if you take a test for for All right, Kevin, that's very interesting. Hey, you're right. Jimmy Carter wrote a book, Why Not the Best? And if he has that line in there, I'm going to look it up and maybe use it tonight about the stolen election. Very interesting. Um, Bob in Trumbull, Connecticut. Yes, Bob. Greg, you were talking about the waste of tax money for these these stupid stadiums. Yeah. That they take, you know, their parents take people's, oh, look at this. This athlete, they should be taking them to John Katzimatini's grocery store in the parking lot and say, this is what you want to emulate. Make a business. Listen, see what this guy did. And he's been doing it for years. Look at this guy. He's up at, what, 6 o'clock in the morning to take over a, a station of somebody if somebody's out for the day then he's back at five and through the day he's running all these other companies you're right it would be great if kids would uh were encouraged to emulate uh tycoons and philanthropists philanthropists like john katzmatidis instead of uh increasingly no-name baseball players bob good point uh one more alfred uh two more alfred is in yonkers uh real quick alfred if you don't mind hi Hi, Greg. Um, thanks for taking my call. What I like about you most, you're a traditionalist and you're old school. But I, there's a couple. There's so many things I want to say when I when I speak to you um, about. I'm glad God is smiling because of the decision made by the SCOTUS. I agree um, about abortion. Um, thank God, and 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 it should be left to the states. Uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know. Alfred, you and I agree on that. And I'm sorry, I'm such a softy here. Poor Rich has been on the line for a long time. I got to take care of business, but first, Rich, hi. Hi, Greg. You know, um, I know you. I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm happy that this thing got overturned, but not now, though, because you, you know what? Kathy Hogan was going to get elected because of this. I wouldn't be so sure. I wouldn't be so sure about that. I would not be so sure. Look. When you got the votes, when you got the juice, when you got the cannon, you got to fire it off. I know what you're saying. Some people are spooked about the effect this will have on the 2020 uh, and the 22 midterms. Uh, you can you can overthink this stuff. You can over strategize. This is one of the reasons why you want to win elections. Okay, moments like this, savor it, enjoy it. It was well earned, and let's. Uh, Let's recognize that. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Oh, tonight, Newsmax, 10 o'clock. Thank you.